Well, we are getting ready for the final four here at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, your host. Always good to be with you. And we welcome on Matthew Postens here, a Big 12 basketball guru for the last several months down the home stretch of the season. Always uncertain if we're going to be talking this time of year, getting ready for a Final Four with a Big 12 team. I was confident we'd have at least one team to talk about, and it's the team that, of course, uh, many of us expected to have the best chance to be here. That's the Kansas Jayhawks. They'll be taking on Villanova on Saturday, and then, of course, it is uh, Duke and UNC on the other side of the bracket. Let's just start off, Matthew, big picture. I mean, you could not get a better Final Four from a Blue Blood perspective, from a Coach K, UNC, first time they ever meet in an NCAA tournament, in a Final Four, Coach K's last year. I mean, these storylines, the NCAA couldn't write this script as how good this thing is. No, you really couldn't. In fact, if you're, you know, if you're one of those people that believes in aliens, you know, if you wanted to plop an alien down in a Final Four and say, hey, this is what major college basketball is like, this would be a pretty good Final Four to, to – pop that alien into because you've got pretty much everything you need from a major blue blood perspective. You've got great storylines. You've got a great location in new Orleans and you're going to have full fans back in the stands for the first time since uh, 2020. Absolutely. So, I mean, 2019, when you think about it, right? 2020, I'm sorry, 2019. So right. that's what makes this even that much more fun. Um, and I think about, you know, let's start with Kansas Villanova, of course, and just kind of where the Jayhawks are at coming off of that Miami game, especially the second half. You have a Villanova team that is missing its second-best player in Justin Moore. I mean, arguably best, and I say this as a Villanova alum, so uh, the cat's out of the bag there, and it and it has been for those people who have been listening for a long time. But uh, Justin Moore, their best defensive player, he always played the you know uh, highest score on the other team, typically on defense. Uh, he could play point guard behind Gillespie. He could obviously score, team's second-leading scorer. He could do all of it. He's out, blew out the Achilles uh, in the Elite Eight game, so that's a tough blow for them. But let's start with Kansas. This team feels, after talking about them for months, Matthew, this feels like this team is finally clicking and Bill Self finally has his rotation and everyone's finally healthy on the same page. Remy Martin, McCormick looks as healthy as he's been all year, which maybe isn't saying much, but there's a lot to like right now about these Jayhawks going into this game. Yeah, I think if you're talking about going into the moment, into the tournament with the kind of momentum you want to have, Kansas is certainly in that spot. And, you know, I go back to December when I went up to Allen to see them play Stephen F. Austin, and I felt like at that point, you know, they were playing very good basketball, and I was actually, actually kind of a little worried, you know, about just can they sustain that for another two, three months going into the tournament. And they had that big trough there, you know, in parts of conference play where – yeah, I think you really saw how much of a difference Remy Martin could have made in a few of those games. You think about the Texas Tech game. You really didn't play that much in that double overtime game against uh, uh, the Red Raiders at Allen Fieldhouse. And there were a few other games where you kind of think, well, you know, he could have made a difference against Texas when they lost that game in Austin. Uh, and now you're seeing with Martin healthy and integrating him into the lineup, he really has been a difference maker for this Kansas team. But now Agbaji seems to have finally unlocked himself uh, after that game on Sunday against Miami, Christian Brown has probably been their most consistent player all year. I mean, if you just think about everything from points to rebounds to block shots to defense, he's probably been their most consistent player the entire season. And then Jalen Wilson and David McCormick 
uh, give them the rebounding that they need. Uh, Dewan Harris has turned into a solid point guard in the starting lineup, and now he's basically sharing time with Remy Martin. Mitch Lightfoot gives them interesting matchups inside because of his size and his quickness. And then you got the experience of guys like Jalen coleman lands and, and the youth of guys like K.J. Adams and, and Joseph Yosefu who can come in and do some things when needed. So, you know, you know, Bill Self knows who his seven or eight guys are right now, which is great. But he also knows he has two or three guys behind them that he can lean on in certain spots for a few minutes in case he needs to give somebody a break or in case he needs to change uh, change the pace of things on the floor. But overall, I think they're in a really good place going into the tournament. I could not agree more. And, you know, the goal is always for these coaches, you don't want to peak in December or January. You want to be peaking right now. It's the name of the game, and it seems like Kansas is actually doing that at the right time. When we look back on on the Remy Martin turnaround, Matthew, is there a a game, a moment that that's going to stick out when Remy Martin went from the guy who was kind of an enigma all season to suddenly, uh, arguably, you know, I don't want to say the most important player. That's probably overstating it, but certainly. Uh, a, an incredibly important piece to this team getting to a Final Four and possibly winning a national championship? I think it was probably the Creighton game. I mean, he had he had, had a few good games before that, uh, just in terms of, you know, I thought he played well at the Big 12 tournament, and so yeah. did Bill Self. You know, he he kind of mentioned that uh, he felt like uh, Remy was rounding into shape, and he really, but, you know, it didn't sound like Bill was totally sold at that point, because I think he had been kind of burned by the idea of saying, hey, you know, Remy's ready. We think he's going to be a part of the rotation. And then he has to take a step back because of the injury. You know, the, the Creighton game, you know, when he came in, you know, early in the first half when they really needed some energy and he gave it to them with two quick threes, the way he played defense, uh, the way that he was able to, you know, give them so much energy off the bench. I think that was the game to me that kind of said, okay, well, if he's going to play like this, and he's going to play like this alongside everybody else who's already playing well. That makes them a very dangerous team going forward in the rest of the tournament. Now, how about uh, McCormick and what Candace is going to do there? I mean, he, he certainly looks good, and he has no concerns, he said this week, over the health of Dave McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot. What does that mean for this team in terms of its depth, in terms of how it plays on Saturday against Villanova? That's Bill's way of saying we have 80 more minutes to play in we're just going to go. Yep. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's anything more, you know, a few weeks ago, Bill said, you know, he's never going to be a hundred percent referring to David McCormick. I don't think David McCormick is a hundred percent. He certainly wasn't 100% of the big 12 tournament. And I don't think he's gotten any healthier over the next three, last three weeks, but I don't think he's gotten any worse either. Um, same with Lightfoot. You know, he's, he's not any better, but he's not any worse. And you've seen how, you know, Bill's kind of managed their minutes over the past couple of weeks. He's basically split them down the middle. And he even said after the Miami game, you know, I probably should have played David a little bit more in the second half because I didn't realize how much of an impact he was having, you know, in that short of time frame. But he, he seems to have a rotation down where he starts David, plays him for five, six minutes, brings Mitch in, plays Mitch for a while, and then brings David back in to end the first half. And then he does the same thing in the second half, except he didn't do that against Miami because they had such a big lead and they figured, well, We'll go ahead and rest David. But, you know, he, he seems to have this rotation now that seems to work for the two of them. They, they split the time. They can do different things. They can make a different impact on the game. I don't see him deviating from that rotation. But if he finds a mismatch, you know, say against Villanova or against Duke that he feels like he can exploit, he might play one a little bit longer than the other. Yeah, he may go down that road and do it. And, you know, I certainly 
be very intrigued to see how that works. Now, we know Villanova is one of the slowest playing teams in the sport. They work the shot clock down under 10. They have a slow pace. And since they're down one of their best players, they basically have a five-man rotation. They're going to try to work in Brian Antoine off the bench and, and uh, Archie Diacono. They're going to try to work those guys in for a few minutes. We'll see how long that actually goes for. But I think they're going to end up playing five guys at least 38, 39 minutes. They want to play slow anyway. Kansas wants to play fast. What do you think Bill Self is going to try to do to, to make that happen? Well, I think you kind of saw what they hoped to do against Villanova in the second half against Miami. They, they really relied on their defense to create missed shots and create transition. That's really part of what Kansas likes to do. They just, they, they haven't been as consistent in doing it as some other big 12 teams. I mean, you know, we talked about Texas, Texas tech and Iowa state and their defense and, and their defense is extremely high level. Kansas has a very good defense. It's a, it's a, I'd, I'd call it a plus defense. Maybe they're not quite as dynamic as some of the other teams in the big 12, but they, they do a good job at defending the ball, covering passing lanes, and forcing teams to one possession. Uh, they built a lot of that lead in the second half off of their transition game, and they built that off a missed shot. So if, if Villanova is going to slow it down, then Kansas is going to have to play great half-court defense. They're going to have to limit Villanova to one shot. They're going to have to get the ball out fast on the outlet and get moving up the floor. That's really what they want to do anyway. And if they can force Villanova to shoot a low percentage or create turnovers in the half court, then that plays into exactly what they want to do. So I don't think Bill Self really needs to tweak or change anything in the game plan. I just think he needs his guys to execute what they really want to do. And if they can do that, then they can, they can put themselves in control of the game. Because if you look at Villanova, you know, without Justin Moore, you look at everybody else in that roster, you mentioned the five starters, everybody else plays less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, there's there's potential for them to get worn down. But I also think there's a little bit of freedom in that for Villanova, which I think makes them a little bit dangerous. They know their situation. They know those five guys are going to have to play practically 40 minutes. So Jay Wright can basically just say, you know what, you want to win a championship, you five guys are going to have to play 80 minutes. And you know what, knowing players the way I know them, they're okay with that. So there's a certain level of freedom in knowing what you have to do and being free to do that against a team like Kansas. Yes, absolutely. Now, you know, I, I wonder, Matthew, is there something maybe in Bill Self's head about Villanova? I mean, you know, we know the Final Four matchup when you go back to uh, 2018. They also beat them in the 2016 NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16. I think they've split a pair of regular season games here when they played uh, in 18 and then again in 19. So what do you think? Is there something in Bill Self's head about Villanova, or is it just that you know Villanova's been a blue blood for the last at least eight years? Well, I think that's certainly part of it. I think Villanova's been a, a great program for a long time. But you know, it's cut both ways in the NCAA tournament. Back in 08, when Kansas made that run to the championship, they beat Villanova uh, in the uh, regional uh, tournament. So you know, it's a... You know, I think what you have is I think you have two coaches who know what they want to do, who are very comfortable with what they do. It's you know somewhat diametrically opposed. You know, Jay Wright wants to slow the game down. Bill Self wants to speed the game up. Um, when you want to speed the game up, I would imagine the first ten minutes of this game is going to be really interesting to watch because I've always found that when teams want to speed the game up, uh, the team that wants to slow the game down finds ways finds creative ways 
to do it, not just, you know, working the shot clock down to under 10 seconds. It's about their defense. It's about actually maybe cutting Kansas off and transition a little bit as they get down the floor, taking some chances in that way. It, Villanova will find some unique ways. And I didn't play some zone. And I didn't play some 2-3 zone just to make Kansas a little more passive on the offensive end. I imagine this is a game where Bill Self's probably not going to trick things up too much, but I would imagine Jay Wright's going to just take the toolbox and pour it out on the floor and see what he can find that might work. Oh, and uh, by the way, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers right now, using our promo code HCS, can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. And here's the thing. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Yeah, you heard that right. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? And then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code HCS. That's HCS for Heartland College Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. A great way to help grow this show. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What do you, if you were, and you kind of referenced it right there, but you've watched as much Kansas as anybody. If you were with Jay Wright this week and you were helping him prepare for this game, we, we mentioned slowing the game down, obviously, but what would you tell him to do otherwise in terms of how to prepare for this Kansas team based on what he brings to the table? Um, number one, I'd tell him to mix up defense. Play man, play zone, you know, play 2-3, play 1-3-1. One, you know, just, you know, do kind of what St. Peter's did in the Sweet 16 when they just kind of kept, you know, screwing around with Purdue and just playing different defenses the whole game. You know, make Kansas think about what they have to do on the offensive end because you don't really want teams having to think about what they need to do on that end of the floor. You just want them to run an instinct and, and the plays that they're trying to run. Instead, you know, make them think about it. The second thing I would have them do is I would have them face guard Ochai Akbashi. You know, that Texas had some success with that. Iowa State had some success with that. That means you're probably putting Colin Gillespie on him or somebody like that. But uh, and that's a lot of energy to expend. But you've got to you've got to pay attention to to him in terms of the fact that he can just explode. He can have a huge game. And then three, I think you have to get Kansas in a situation where uh, you're contesting every shot. You're limiting them on the offensive glass. You can't let them have more than one shot per possession. And you know, keep the game close. You know, get you know ten minutes away from the end of the game. You're down a handful of points. You know, it's sort of that that mentality that we talked about with St. Peter's for the past two weeks. You know, you're the you're the lower seed. Nobody expects you to win, but the longer you stay in the game, the tighter the higher seed gets. And that's kind of how Villanova, I think, kind of has to approach it mentally. I don't think a lot of people expect them to win this game because of the depth issues. Well, I, Moore. yeah. Now, I, I will take a little bit of offense, Matthew, to you making a Villanova-St. <laughs> Peter's comparison. I mean, my goodness gracious, geez. Right, uh, but, but it's the same mentality. I think Villanova has to come into this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. They've got, I agree. They've got to have that mentality. And if they have that mentality and they keep it close, which I think they can, Kansas is the team that I think everybody expects to win this game, and that can make them tighter as things go along. So you switch defenses, you pay a lot of attention to Agbaji, you limit them to one shot, and you play with that chip on your shoulder. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and, you know, but I, I think that part of the Villanova brand is, despite the fact that they become a blue blood the last, you know, eight to ten years, is kind of having that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality. These are not, you know, one-and-done guys, never have been. That's not yeah. who Jay Wright recruits. So I, I think that'll be there. I agree p- most people are going to be picking Kansas uh, in this game. But if Villanova gets out early and they settle down, they slow the game down, they hit a couple of threes, they make the extra pass, they find the open man, you know, they draw a couple of fouls early on whoever, McCormick, Abaji, uh, you know, by that pump fake that every player has in his arsenal that everybody bites on. I, I think that, to your point, Kansas tightens up in a big way. And, and, and then Jay Wright and Villanova control this game, and, and I think that's, that's what makes this interesting. But you're right. If we start this game and Kansas is running up and down and Villanova's missing shots, uh, that five-point spread is going to look very low uh, very quickly. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine this is going to be a tight game at the half. That, that's what I'm thinking because I think Villanova is still good enough to exert influence on the, the pace of the game, and they're a good shooting team. And Kansas has, in this tournament, to this point, not played their best basketball in the first half. They seem to turn that on in the second half. So I think those two things kind of working together make it a close game in the first half. And then Villanova has to be in that position where they, they can't allow to happen what happened to Miami in the first 10 minutes of that game in the second half. They can't allow the game to get away from them. No, it can't. It can't. So uh, before we get to our picks, let me just touch on the other side. Duke-UNC, I mean, the storyline is incredible. What are your thoughts on this game and, and how it plays out? I, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I mean, you look at Duke and, you know, five guys averaging double figures. Uh, they're playing their best basketball this season. North Carolina, same way. They're playing their best basketball this season. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about Kansas. You know, we haven't talked a lot about Brady Manick, who was at Oklahoma for four years, transferred to North Carolina. Uh, interesting, I read a piece earlier this week about, you know, why Hubert Davis wanted Brady Manick. He likes playing two bigs in his starting lineup. And that's why he's got Manick paired with Armando Bacot. And those two guys have been fantastic in the tournament for the past two weeks. They've played some of their best basketball. This is the best basketball I've seen Brady Manick play. Uh, he's playing mature. Um, he's doing, he's sometimes just having his way down there on the block, which is pretty incredible. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Obviously, there's the emotion of taking a game where normally there's maybe six, 7,000 in Cameron Indoor, maybe 10, 15,000 at the Dean Dome, and now you're, you're dropping it into the 80,000-seat Superdome. It's going to be an incredible game. Yep, I agree. All right, so we've got a couple of minutes left here. Let's get to the picks, Matthew. Let's do it. What do you think ends up happening on Saturday and um, where it goes from there? I think Kansas wins a close game. I think it's one of those things where they pull away late. Uh, They find a couple of shots uh, down the stretch uh, to win that game probably by about four or five points. I'm not a Vegas guy, so take my prediction on the point spread for what it's (laughs) worth. Practically nothing. 
but I think Kansas will win. I think Duke will win the nightcap, and then I think it's Kansas and Duke on Monday. And then I I think in that situation, I got to go with Duke. I mean, you know, Kansas is every bit as good a team as Duke is. They're actually a little bit more experienced when you really think about it. But I don't know. There's just some kind of weird weird wave riding with Coach K and this team that just kind of leads me to believe that he's going to finish off his career with another national championship. Oh, gosh, boy. So you've you've ticked me off with the pick of KU against Villanova, <laughs> and then you've ticked off every KU fan by picking Duke in the championship. So you are on a roll, my friend. Uh, you know, I, I, I said before the tournament, and this was in my bracket, it's in my bracket, I had KU playing Villanova in the Final Four. I'm, a Kans- I'm up here in Kansas City, as, as most listeners know. Uh, so it's been an interesting time as a Villanova alum. I said that in the bracket that I picked, I picked Kansas to get to the championship game. But I said, if we end up with this game, I'm going to root like hell against my bracket. So that's what I'm doing. I, I, you know, before the tournament started, I picked Kansas to beat Villanova in the final four, but I am rooting like hell against my bracket and against my pick. And my bracket, as far as I'm concerned, is in the trash right now. So take with that what you will. I'm with you. I'm taking Duke in the nightcap. And then, uh, you know, it's anybody's guess. But I'll say this, too. I'll say this, too. If it's Villanova in the championship game, everyone knows where I'm going to go. If it's Kansas in the championship game, I'm going to pull, of course, for the Big 12 team. And, you know, I like rooting for the teams that beat my teams from the standpoint of I want to lose to the best. Last year, Villanova lost to Baylor in the Sweet 16. They won the whole deal. So if Kansas beats Villanova, you know what? Losing to another Big 12 team that wins the title is not the worst thing in the world, Matthew. That's true. And right. it's it's very odd, you know, just thinking about if Duke were to win this whole thing, and then we wrote, I wrote a quick piece on it on the site. You know, Duke won its first title against Kansas when Rory Williams was coaching back in 91. Uh, that would – yes, if Duke were to beat Kansas in the championship game, obviously there would be a nice little bookend there for him. But it also means that if they beat North Carolina and they beat Kansas, then Krzyzewski will have beaten the two coaches – that replaced Roy Williams at Roy Williams's two jobs to win the national championship. <laughs> That's a great tidbit. He's Matthew Postens. Matthew, we'll talk to you next week, man. Have a great day. All right. Appreciate it. Great job with Matthew Postens. Hey, I'm Pete Mundo. Hit that rate, review, subscribe button. Leave us a rating and a review. I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. And uh, by the way, I do want to make sure that you are jumping on board because that does help the show grow every single week and if you're an oklahoma oklahoma state fan we have a new podcast we have launched and it is the bedlam edition of the heartland college sports podcast with eric g out of uh, tulsa oklahoma he's on the sports animal down there and he's doing some podcasting for heartland college sports so go check that out as well if you're a oklahoma oklahoma state fan and we'll be talking to you guys soon have a great rest of your weekend enjoy the final four And we've got much more coming your way on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.